Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available if their child lived in another city around the world. And this show is brought to you by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is the only training application with well over 5,000 training videos. Kids love it because each video is 100% follow along, less than five minutes, has plenty of rest breaks, and it goes step by step. Parents love the fact that it's easy to use, they don't have to do anything, and the subscriptions are less than a dinner for two. Coaches love that they can create teams and see that the kids are actually doing it and giving them homework, it has a leaderboard and all that kind of stuff. And club directors uh, love the fact that now they have a low-cost solution that helps all the kids in their club get extra touches. They can see it all at once, and it's less than $5 per player per year. So check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about what we do. And now let's get on with the show. Hopefully, this is going to be the shortest show that I have done to record. We will see. So to kick off this show, and yes, I'm going to be on my proverbial pulpit today. To kick off this show, I want to begin with the serenity prayer. And if you're not familiar with the serenity prayer, I'm going to read it out now. And uh, But many of you will be because it's really popular. So here we go. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. This is one of my father's favorite um, passages. He used to tell us this all the time um, when we became teenagers, especially when we were arguing, because I have two brothers that's close to my age, especially when we would get into arguments. He would sit us down, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. If there is any non-soccer passage that I have found to be the most fruitful in my personal life as it relates to soccer, as it relates to my children, and as it relates to the club, soccer clubs that I observe and the soccer clubs that my kids are in, it's been this passage. And so today's um, podcast was inspired by podcasts I listened to to over the weekend because my sons had games all over the place. So I did, did a lot of driving and conversations I've had with my parent friends on the sidelines and just joking and going back and forth about the various clubs in our area. It has nothing to do with specifically with clubs in our area, but we're just talking about the clubs we're familiar with. So let's start with one of the podcasts I'm referencing. I love this podcast because the presenter is very passionate passionate, and is trying his best to give concrete, unfiltered information that can help parents. And I'm assuming that 99.9% .9 of the people he's speaking to or his audience are not in his vicinity. So in some respects, it's a complete labor of love. He's not going to get anything from them. And in his one of his most one of his podcasts, he effectively said, hey, 
if you are looking for a club that's really focused on development, they should at least at a minimum be doing X, have X, Y, Z, B, da, da, da. this meeting, they should be doing this, they should have written this, they should have this type of mission statement, all these things they should be doing. I would say a basket of five or six. And I applaud uh, what he's doing because this is very tangible. This is something I can picture. He's This is something that's measurable. And this is something that technically, if I went to his club, I could hold him accountable for. Right? It's not fluff. He's saying you should be doing this and I'm doing this. And this is why. And you'll be able to evaluate. But where I depart a little bit, and I'm going to have a separate podcast on this, is I'm very reluctant without knowing all the Actually, I think it's really difficult if you do know all the details, but I'm very reluctant um, to uh, place a moral lens or a moral judgment or a moral um, framework or or any of that kind of ethical um, criticism on organizations and especially on coaches simply because they are not doing what I perceive they should be doing in the best interests of what I perceive they say they are doing, right? I feel like I'm in a court of law. But that's a fancy way of saying, like, look, if you if I think you should be doing this and and you're not, there could be a lot of reasons why you're not doing something that I think you should be doing that are have nothing to do with your shared desire to develop players. Said another way, when we start talking about morals, in order for there to be a um, um, more, for me to make a moral judgment, in most cases, uh, you the, the person has to know. So the person has to know and then is making a choice not to do this thing. Or whatever the person is doing is so negligent that they should know, right? So one of those two things is either so negligent, so grossly negligent that you should know. And so I, I so I maybe place a moral judgment because you don't know. So if you if you work in a cafeteria and you give someone poison, for example, you, you may not have intentionally tried to poison everybody, but that's so negligent that you should know that this is poison, right? Or you do know, in fact, the risk and you decide to do it either way. Those two, those, those, those conditions have to be in place where I happen to believe, let's assume for the sake of argument that the behavior of a particular club is not in the best interest of long-term development. I happen to believe that the vast majority of people who are operating in the nonprofit space, especially nonprofit youth soccer, are A, not getting paid a lot, B, definitely could be doing something else to earn gen with that time they investing in youth soccer to generate more money and see at least they believe they're doing what's right for kids and families right i could be wrong please if you're a coach club director referee um assistant coach team manager and that's not what you're doing. I will interview you anonymously. Hey, Neil, I'm actually, this is this youth soccer racket game that I'm running. Man, this thing is tight. I'm not going to tell you who I am, but trust me, it's, you know, please, you know, email me and let me know. And I'll say, and I'll be able to come on and say, actually, there are some people who got into youth soccer to profit off families. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I do think 
the you know the profit incentive the uh so the monetary incentive and then other cultural incentives and organizational incentives do explain a lot of behavior that we see right but these are behaviors that are part of the human condition part of organizational management just part of industries across the board and the individual actors may or may not be even benefiting from some of this stuff and then finally, of course, at those highest, highest executive levels, maybe you could argue that there's definitely more of a, a profit incentive that's hurting you, you soccer. But even then, I think if you speak to these, many of these people, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm a blind optimist, but they believe they're providing a quality service, quality development environment for those folks who want um, to to excel at the sport. I could be completely wrong. But that's why I'm sort of trying to move away from a moral condemnation of folks uh, without substantial evidence. I mean, I'm talking uh, over here, they secretly record a tape and then you hear them talking, that kind of thing. And then the next thing is, uh, you know, I have conversations with parents online that I don't know and parents, uh, my buddies all the time. and. You know, we joke and we have these conversations about what clubs should be doing, what they're not doing. And that, those are important conversations to have because, you know, we're investing in our children. We think there could be some improvements, but there, but we need to put this stuff in perspective. And this is a perspective that I want to give today really, really quickly because I don't really have a major punchline. So we talked about the serenity prayer. Well, and how my father as a child loved that. Well, another game my father loved that he taught us was a card game called Spades. If you're not familiar with Spades, um, let me just give you the two-second version. Spades is a card game where you have four players, two players. You can picture them sitting at a square table, uh, two players on each team. So the person across from me is my partner. And then they, diagonally, there, there's a player and, and the person across from that player is their partner. And the way the game works is you have to get a certain amount of points as a team in order to win. And the points, the way the points are, um, the way you get the points is by each player throws out a card and whoever has the highest card gets the point. And in spades, they call that point a book, all right? And then the next thing that's important to understand is once you get your cards and you don't see your partner's card, you have to... Uh, they call it bid, but you have to basically predict how many points you have. And there's some strategy to that, right? So I can have the same set of cards, but if I know how to play them, I might get five points, which they call books. And the other person may, with the same deck of cards, may only get two. It just depends on how they play their cards. And it also depends on what cards your partner has, but you don't know what part cards your partner has, right? And of course, it depends on what cards the other two have. All that stuff matters, right, in spades. So anyways, um, so, you know, when the cards are dealt, I'll look at my hand and I might tell my partner, I got, I have, I think I can get five, five books. And my partner might say, I think I can get two books. Okay, we're going to go seven. Sure. Now, if you, the thing, the way space work is if you bid, you know, too high, you get penalized if you don't get it. So if you say seven points and you only get five, you get penalized. If you bid too low, right? You also get penalized. So if you say seven, but you actually get 10, you get penalized. So you're trying your best to be to be accurate, right? And then there's one more thing to it, right? 
because remember you're communicating to your partner. You may have a certain amount of points. Let's say you have five points. And then one card is kind of on the um on the cups of being a point, but it may or may not. So you may let your partner know, hey, I got five sure points and one what they call possible. <laughs> so you may say, I have five and a possible. And your partner is saying, well, mm, I got two and a possible. All right. Then instead of going seven, we're going to go eight because we think we can get one of those, right? So that's how space works. All right. So serenity, prayer, and space. What does that have to do with you, soccer? Probably nothing to most of you. I appreciate you guys listening to this. Probably nothing to the vast majority of you. But if you're a parent looking at these clubs, right, and you have not come to this realization that I have that has made my life so much more peaceful that I'm talking specifically to you. And that is this. I don't expect any club to give me more than three and a possible points. You're going to give me three and a possible. I'm good with that. I'm, I am happy with that. That's my serenity prayer. Three and a possible. That's what I'm expecting. And I know I can't change anymore and I got to work around them. So what do I mean? So let's, my sons are involved in three different clubs. My older son plays for two clubs, one a Hispanic club, his main club, and my younger son plays for one of the clubs here in the area. It's one of these big, 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 big type clubs, right? Thousands and thousands of players. So let's talk about my older son's club, right? What am I getting from his club? Or at least what am I perceiving? I am getting an excellent training environment. High expectations, high intensity, great teaching and learning, focus, discipline, five days a week, they're on it. I'm getting a top-notch professional training environment that I have that I honestly believe is the best possible training environment he could be getting in our state, right? Bar none, especially when you look at year over year. So that doesn't mean that one individual coach here and there, but year over year, I think my son is in the best possible training environment he can be in. So that's one book. The next thing is the club is small. And I think because it's small, it gives some advantages to my son that I want for him. He's now his team is actually too small, but the collection of team players is part of what they consider to be a team is trained by the club director. Right. So now you got the found, founder and club director who cares nothing, who cares. I should say nothing more. That's not the right word. Who, who his number one focus is this club because that's his part of his livelihood and that's his baby. He founded it. Right. So boom. I think that's really the only things they get. So you get, so let's see, what else do you get that I like? Um, I do like the fact that the, um, the, the, the style of play, I think the style that they play is the way, is the style that modern football is moving towards. So they play a possession style of play where they keep the ball for very long periods of time and they take the ball quickly. And it's this foundational way of playing, this style of play they're getting, it's this style of play that then um, 
uh, I think my son benefits from. I think I told you, gives, at least gives him the opportunity to benefit from. And I think I told you this in another podcast. And I think he is playing in a way that he can adapt to any other style of play quite easily. And then the possible would be, I do believe that even though they don't have a, a set way of doing this, if you're good enough and you show the potential, because the club director is so influential around in the U.S. in terms of youth soccer, he's able to make phone calls, do this, get you in the right place when the time comes. But so that's that's the three and a possible. That's what you get. Right. You're not going to get a bunch of evaluations, if any. You're not going to get a bunch of one one on one conversations with them, if any. I talked about in the previous podcast, you don't have access to the coaches unless you email the club director. It's not particularly organized in that, okay, they send you out some calendar. Practice is organized, games organized, but they're not sending you out some calendar. This is what we're trying to do. You may not even, they may put a t- tournament on the schedule uh, next week and you expect it to be there. You, there's so many different things, right? They're, they're, their personality is not particularly friendly, right? Uh you're not going to get all this, like I think I said, community community service. You're not going to get the flexibility to, hey, coach, I want to come to your practice two days a week, and then I want to go over and train with these guys one day a week. Yeah, none of this kind of thing, right? You're just not going to get it, right? And I'm comfortable with that. I have, I'm I'm very calm. I know what I'm getting. I'm getting three and a possible. I'm getting a great training environment. I'm getting a small community club where everybody in the room is focused on your child. And I'm getting uh, a style of play that I think uh, is the style of play that's consistent with the modern game. And I can tell when my son plays in other environments that are not getting there, getting that kind of thing. In addition to the stuff we do at home, I can tell a big difference. And I'm comfortable with all these things. I'm not getting, you're not going to, you may, may or may not get rostered for a game. You may or may not play as that much during the game and no explanation. Um, there may not be a game. You may go two weeks, no game, no problem. I'm good. I'm very comfortable with what they're what they're going to offer. I have become comfortable with what they're going to offer, and then I work around the things that I'm not going to get, and that gets into the knowing the difference of the things I can't knowing having the wisdom to know the know the things I can't change, and I don't invest any time mentally, so I don't give them any free rent in my head, and I don't verbally go and try to get them to change who they are i have found this to be a losing battle um across any club that i've been a member of maybe your power of persuasion is better than mine but i have found this to be a losing battle and we'll talk about losing battle in a minute so i don't really give them free rent on man they could do this they could do that they could do this and i don't um try to get them to change who they are there are a lot of things I think they could do better. I know they could do better, right? And a lot of some of these things are relatively simple, but I just don't go there. All right. So fast forward. I said this is going to be quick, but I might not make may not make the bench more. Now I have a younger son. What are the three things? If you those younger ages, especially, you're going to have a blast. You're going to want to come to practice. You're going to have a great time. You're going to scrimmage. You're going to free. You're going to Practice is great. You, My son, he'll get to practice early. He'll stay late. He loves it. So you're going to have fun. You're going to be communicated to, right? They they 
you're going to know everything. They're going to tell you about Jefferson Cup a year in advance. Everything's going to be organized communicating and organizing and you're gonna know exactly where they're gonna and they're gonna send you progress reports and evals and all that kind of all that kind of stuff and then it's gonna be conveniently from for the most part especially those younger ages conveniently located wherever you're at so if you if you live in the south they're gonna have a field next to you if you live in the north they're gonna have a field next to you if you live in an area we call Durham Chapel Hill they're gonna have a field right there so it's gonna be convenient for you in all these different levels, a lot of benefits. But again, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. So you're not going to get that personal attention you would get from a club that has maybe 100, right? I don't think for the most part, they embody the style of play that I would want to see um, uh, at the highest level. It's not, not bad. It's just they don't have this commitment to it in, in the way that I would like to like like it to be you're not going to get this high um high expectation um you know no excuse professional type of environment because it's thousands of people you you can't appeal there you have to have it's almost like walmart you got to have a good variety right you gotta you gotta meet people where they're at there's no way you can have this type of these types of rules and these types of expectations and then cater to a community of people that large, right? So, and I'm comfortable with that. My my son has a great time. One day they might go to go to practice, and one kid is wearing a yellow yellow socks, and and because he came from school and he forgot his, no problem. One day this coach might be running ten minutes late. That's fine, right? They're gonna have a blast. One year he got this coach. Next year he got another coach that don't know anybody's name. It takes a long time for them to get. No problem. I don't care. Keeper gets the ball, boots it halfway down the field. No problem. My son's having fun. I, I, I cannot change these things, right? This is not something that I can change. I don't give them any free rent. My son is very happy. He's just ticking along. I'm good with that, right? And this is something that confuses some of my parent friends. They're like, well, why do you why you have one son in this club and one son in that club? Because I'm like, they got different personalities. They're doing their thing. Uh, I don't know anybody who is an adult who was like, you know what I liked the most about my um, playing sports when I was a kid was the fact that, you know, when we played basketball, we did a motion offense. No, I don't, nobody cares about that. So these things that in my one son's club, these are things that I have learned that these are benefits that I've learned once he got there that now he appreciates. This is more of an acquired taste. But if you've never experienced it, that's not a big deal to you. So I don't, I don't care about all that. Can they connect passes? Sometimes they can. Sometimes they can't. I don't care, right? Um, and so I just take what they're willing to give me. Those are this three, and it's a possible. So the possible for my younger son's club is you might get a great coach, right? You, you could you could get an amazing coach one year, but next year you might not get one amazing coach it's fine but another great thing is they got a lot of connections because they're so big so you're going to get all this exposure and stuff so so they're three and a possible right you're going to get great communication you're going to get a fun atmosphere and you're going to get exposure if you if you play uh play well and a possible is you may or may not get a great coach you're definitely not going to get people who are particularly committed to a style of play and even if they were committed to a style of play the way it's set up you're going to be changing uh, coaches every other year so it doesn't really it doesn't work that way anyways so I'm comfortable with that 
And so let me say in conclusion, hey, I don't, I think everybody out there is doing the best they can with what they have. I do think, yeah, there's some, just like anything, there are always some, some rotten apples out there. But in general, the ref is doing the best he can. The coach is doing the best he can or she's can. Club director is trying to, is trying to make sure that everything is ticking. I don't think there are a lot of people in this, in a room like, man, if we could, if we could just charge more and develop less, we're going to make more profit. I think they believe at least they're doing the best they can. And I think the expectation that parents and then some pundits have for these soccer clubs run the risk of being too high, right? It's just, they're just not designed to do all that, right? Um, they're not, well, my younger son's club happens to be a millionaire operation, but that's, it's not a millionaire investment operation. This is revenue, but they're not getting millions of dollars pumped into them to invest in this type of thing. So you're going to get sort of what you get and that's fine. And then the things that you, the things that you, they don't provide, you need to be comfortable with that. And then you need to um, navigate around that. And so what do I mean about navigating around that? Well, I told you my older son is in a Hispanic club and he plays some futsal here and there. Well, that club, I know exactly, it's not even a club, it's really more of a team, but I know exactly what I'm getting. I get access to the coach. I can tell the coach. I don't really have to talk to him too much, but when he first joined, I said, hey, this is kind of where he likes to play. This is sort of what he likes to do. Coach like, thank you. I'm glad you told me. So I get access to him. I can talk to him. I don't have to go to practice, right? They have practice, uh, especially for the kids who don't play club soccer, but the coach knows the deal. No problem. Just show to the games. And I get games, and I get games year-round, and I don't have to go to all the games. When he's available, he goes. And then I get a style of play that, complements what my the style of play that my son is doing in his main club so this style of play is definitely a lot more direct he's encouraged to carry the ball and and make something happen as an individual to set his teammates up right so i'm not gonna in this example i wouldn't agonize over the fact that my older son's main club is not working on 1v1 and technical stuff at, at the level that i would probably maybe want I just supplement that again with any time soccer training and then putting him in other environments. And that's, that's what I can do. And the other club is cheap. The Hispanic club is cheap. So I know what I'm getting. So my three for them is I got access as a coach. I have flexibility in terms of, 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 of uh, when he can come and when he's available, the style of play complements the style of play that he, uh, he gets in the other club. And they're cheap. That's what I can predict. And the rest of the stuff, I don't try to change them. They are who they are. And I'm fine with that. And so, and the conclusion of the conclusion is, as a parent, take a deep breath and really figure out what, what do you want for your child in terms of soccer? That's what I had to do. That's my unsolicited advice to you. What are your deal breakers? We know all the normal commodity types. They say, yeah, of course, it's got to be safe. It's, you know, can't be any abuse. Okay, we got all that. What I'm talking about from the soccer perspective is what are those big rocks? What are those big things that you really, really want? And just be comfortable with those, understanding that the club is not going to change that much either way. And then if you're not getting those, definitely be ready to make a move and pivot. And then just be comfortable with what you get and navigate around the rest. That's my word for today. I hope this helps somebody. Let's get better together.